Welcome to the Victorian Aboriginal News Referendum 23 Tapes podcast. I'm your host, Charles Parkiner. Victorian Aboriginal News acknowledges and pays respect to traditional owners and custodians across Australia. We acknowledge the elders who have gone before, those who currently lead their communities and those who will follow in years and generations to come. Joining me today on the Referendum 23 Tapes podcast is the CEO of JADA up here in Bendigo and Jarjarwarung country, Jarjarwarung and Yorta Yorta man Rodney Carter. Rodney, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Okay, uh, Charles, thank you and uh, woman Jika Jandak, welcome to country. Uh, thank you so much indeed, that means a lot to me. Rodney, in July this year, JADA came forward with a clear statement that it was supporting the Uluru Statement from the Heart and a yes vote for the voice to Parliament. What was the rationale behind that? Because a lot of organisations have really stayed in the middle. They're just promoting, let's just share information and let's not create a stir within community. What led to a firm yes from JADA? I think it was the broad conversation around the voice to Parliament, and that's had a long journey since the creation of the Uluru Statement, yep. Statement from the Heart. So we've had a long time to sort of, you know, throw the ideas around. And then I think for that to be now more consolidated by the current government, so that gives it a greater degree of validity, you know, this is sort of going to happen. And so I think if that was volume, it's, it's increased and there's more conversation around it. And for Jar Jar people, like many First Nations, we've been a really strong advocate of our, our rights and our presence. So voice is part of this idea of being present. We have a recognition settlement agreement. So our corporation, our energy is a really important representative of the people. Sure. And so then from the idea of member conversation, family, community conversation, management's employed to do work around this. So, you know, we collaborate with the wider community about the conversations. I think we need to take a briefing paper to the board to consider the dynamics of this. How long was this process, though? Because obviously it just wasn't you woke up one morning and thought, yep, we're going to go to the board and we're going to support a yes vote. This yeah. was a well thought out, as is everything within JADA that I've seen over the years yeah. anyway. No, thanks, Charles. I think it was well thought out, but we didn't have a plan or a roadmap. There was bits and pieces that fell into place. And I remember having, as a CEO, having a discussion with a local federal member, Lisa Chesters, you know, what, what's your position? And yeah. she's saying you're in the, in the plural. And I said, well, look, we really haven't sort of landed that. And I shared a personal opinion with her. I'm a little bit cautious as opposed to frightened because I sort of think if – there is uh, no, in a sense, I, I've got experiences in my life and seen with other mobs the emotional effect that can have on us as a people. So there was a degree of caution around that of actually not being ashamed, but, you know, stepping up and lending the support to something and it not happening. And to her credit, Lisa, and now we see 16 organised groups in central Victoria uh, advocating, campaigning for, for yes. And so there was that support, okay, 
these politician, political people, they're good at campaigning. We're not good at campaigning. <laughs> so we fell with an immediate commitment, well, we'll support you in whatever it is. That meant we had to go back to our board and get a consolidated position. And as you'd see from a webpage and the statement and the good work that's, that's happened around this, us as a mob... We support, yes. Were there any particular challenges, though? Without naming names, we don't want to do that, but within the corporation, were there particular challenges that needed to be addressed in order to make sure that there could be that successful support for a yes vote? Yeah, so we had to, you know, do the good communication amongst your membership, amongst your your family. We're not immune to people doubting or, or cynicism, or being suspicious. I yeah. think sometimes it's in our nature culturally uh, for how we've been treated. So I think that landed in a pretty good place, Charles, where there was positive commentary around this. If somebody is there that's been negative, I don't know about it. I haven't heard from my mob about it. So all I can deduce sort of from that. I, I think we're in a good place. My mother was a very challenging person to have conversations Aunt with. Faye Carter. Aunt yeah. Faye Carter, Guka. I'll defer to my second eldest daughter, Niani Carter, that my mother said, oh, well, she's a lawyer. I'll talk to her <laughs> and I'll figure this out. But the preceding conversation from that with me, when we unpacked it and we looked at the 67 referendum, which yeah. was more influential for her as a young woman because I was just an infant, I can't vote no. We really unpacked it and it was like, I don't completely know what yes is. We had less information around what the structure of the advisory capacity of elected people. But then again, even in 1967, with the two changes that were made to the the constitution then, no one knew what laws would actually or could conceivably been developed for Aboriginal people as a result of giving the federal government that position. So, I mean, do do you find it a bit strange that everyone's going, so, well, you know, where's all the detail? Where's the detail? We've never had a referendum where all the subsequent legislative detail has been put up front first. So how frustrating is that for you? Yeah, I think, you know, time's passed since 67, so we're at least a generation, one and a half generations Mm. on. I think as citizens, as people, but not necessarily smarter, but we're probably more interrogating, I think, of, you know, the nitty-gritty, the finer yeah. detail around stuff. The 67 referendum, I think, was unique in so far. Australians so easily accepted the insult of exclusion. Yeah. The insult of excluding uh, people that were, I think for a lot of immigrants understood, these people were here before the invasion and the colonisation of the country. And maybe unspoken uh, widely across community, there was an acceptance, even in white Australia. You know, this, this is actually the, the right thing to do. We must sort of do it. But we jump forward now into what will happen in, in October. There's a greater degree of interrogation around it. I simplistically don't see much difference between the emotional need of yes in the 67 referendum for what we've been asked around, you know, th- this referendum, uh, Charles, but I-, I respect others, you know, wanting to inquire more about it. What, though, about benefits to 
people on the ground. You've been the CEO of JADA, or the Jarjawadung Corporation, as it used to be called, for quite a while now. What impact do you believe, if we get a yes vote, will the voice, national voice and the local and regional voices, have on the community here in Bendigo? Yeah, look, this might sound a bit unusual. I can't immediately see a benefit to what we're already doing in our advocacy. Mm. But it is still a really positive thing for us, I think, in, in this idea of Australian community, neighbourhood and family. And I think the ability for us as First Nations people to contribute great things to the wider community. So look beyond your own back door, your own backyard, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and we've said that, you know, this is something that we must support, not in so much even for ourselves, but for others that might be less fortunate. And it's really important to do that in so many ways, I think, for those that are disadvantaged. The Jajaburang here, in a sense, in our advocacy, we advocate for all of the community. Yeah. You know, we, we understand the disadvantage, not just to our people, we're experts in that, but we're trying to unpack and be a, a really useful advocate for a, a more prosperous community here in central Victoria. That's incumbent on leadership and going forward. And so we're, we're, I think, really aspiring in the future, generations out, uh, future Jajarung people, they'll carry, I think, these challenges going forward that we're a more well community together. And, and if I cannot, Charles, hmm. this is where I think treaty, and it's, that's probably for another discussion, but I think that's where treaty can be really useful. The voice for us federally is unique because now we're going to be able to you know, really courteously converse with people and say, these are some of the solutions, these are our needs, we want to be more well. Rodney, one of the things that we do need to address is about a month after JADA came out with its support for a yes vote, it was noticeable that a joint media release came out requesting courtesy and respect within conversations because, as was mentioned in the media release that a lot of the mob locally were being subjected to racial abuse yeah, as yeah. a direct result. What was actually happening and what led to that joint media release with the three other organisations? Yeah, so I think in our thinking after the event, and you try and, you try and contemplate what's going on, mm. we would reasonably believe, you know, Opinions are diverse and people of you know, course. maybe should have diverse opinions. I think as a community or community, I think we can't tolerate forms of discrimination in having differing opinions. Have there been instances where mob have been sort of verbally abused yeah. as a result of this? Can yeah. you talk a bit about some of those? I think what's happened, people by the nature of celebrating through probably the discussion around the referendum, Mm. Reconciliation Week, NADA Week, and they're probably the times that were most colourful and present. And what we do as a people, it triggered behaviourally incidents within our community in central Victoria that we thought we'd moved on from because we have had challenges here over the last decade for people to be vilified. And so there's no reports around physical violence, but in in public places, 
in the presence of families and children from families, in, in a sense, vilification towards community members that weren't out protesting and doing all that stuff, were just at cafes out and about, you know, just living a, a you know normal day in their sort of normal lives. And I find that probably not the height of, but really sad that somebody feels the need to express an opinion which can be kept to yourself in such a hurtful, nasty way. Do you think much of this is due in part to, I'm not going to point the finger at specific media outlets, but to sensationalism on the parts of certain media commentators who are over-representing particular aspects of maybe the No campaign? I think you're exactly right with that. I think media and journalism, in fact, has always had a really critical role to play in the communication of of, of matters. Yeah. I think there should always be a degree of journalistic licence and even the degree of creativity. I think when that's at the extreme of a, a, a spectrum... And it's around, you know, I've described it as being evil, hurtful and whatnot towards people. Charles, I think that that is so misplaced. And it's when it's when journalistic integrity goes out the window for journalistic sensationalism, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. look, you know, we're not perfect as, as as people, as as cultures. And if one of my mob acts, you know, inappropriately, I don't want all of my mob, in, in a sense, branded. For that, and I would think the same thing for journalism. And, and but what we've got to do is actually hold ourselves to account behaviourally. Exactly. And and I think you know there's been some actually wonderful, brilliant journalism around this, Charles. And I think behaviourally for my people, in a sense, not to regress, to set aside past forms of treatment and trauma, and take really constructive, positive approaches. Where do I want to be tomorrow? That's where I think, you know, the influence and power that any of us have needs to be practically applied. Before we close off, uh, have you had, as a result of your staunch yes or JARA staunch yes support, have there been other organisations, not black organisations, that have come to you asking for advice and guidance on this matter? Because it seems that if you're Aboriginal then your advice is being sought when it comes to the referendum. What have your experiences been as the CEO? I'm another degree of pride within this. There's, I can't name them, there's 16 organised groups around yes. Yeah. When they come to us, there's the privacy of what we talk about. We're on the same page and, you know, wanting yes, believing in yes. But the courtesy, we need to give people the information, the tools for them to make up their own mind. And I think, for me, that is such a mature society to be able to do that when you have a bias, but you know that it's really important in your advocacy and your leadership, and our discussion is about a referendum, the the referendum, that that conversation is happening in central Victoria. So that in itself, and if I wake up the day after and it's no, my life will go on, I I think by having to discuss the referendum, discuss rights advocacy, 
societally we're in a much better place here in central Victoria and hopefully, you know, Jar Jar Burang has been a positive influence, you know, for us as as the wider community around that. I will just point out that I particularly like the very last sentence of the media release that came out with the support of the Yes campaign from Jada, and I'll paraphrase. I think it was a quote from you that said, if in doubt, get informed, which is in such stark contrast to the conservative media and the conservative politicians who are saying, if in doubt, vote no. Yeah, yeah. But you're advocating, if in doubt, get informed. Yeah, exactly. And I would sort of think, if somebody doesn't understand what this is about, Charles, talk to somebody. Yeah. Empower you, you, yourself. You know, what we've sort of learned, our ability to be able to vote for something, against something, on any matter, is is really important, uh, I think, demo, democratically. And that's what we would want to ingrain in society, to have the knowledge, to, to make the decision that's right for you. I've got a bias in a sense, hopefully, that aligns with my values. I think Jar Jar Wurrung people have got beautiful values and hopefully we land with a, a yes and we'll get on with it. Rodney Carter, thanks so much indeed. Okay, Charles, thank you. For a full transcript of this interview, visit the Victorian Aboriginal News website at vicaboriginalnews.com.au. Until our next episode, stay safe and stay informed.